Welcome to the Triple Confirmed Podcast, where we discuss Bitcoin price talk, trading ideas, and much, much more. I am your host, The Baked Potato, a five-year crypto analyst and crypto YouTuber. Today's date is September 30th. This is episode 108. Oh, we have a lot to go over today, guys. We have quite a bit of things changing in our midterms between Bitcoin, the S&P, how we closed for the quarterly and for the monthly today. I believe I'm joined by Pio as well. Welcome, my friend. If you're interested in giving us a bit of a spuel on the domestic markets and then such of the UK this week, I'd love to hear it if you get a moment. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Yes, sir. Oh, what, mate? <laughs> of course, first things first, we're going to start out taking a look at our macros. The best thing you guys can always do is start out large and move your way into those smaller time frames, giving you a better idea of the surrounding area and what's happening in the shifting environment of the macro in the midterm and the short term. So as we look at it now, not too terribly much has changed since we opened on Monday. Obviously, we did open with a lower low candle on ETH BTC. And as we can see, as of right now, we still have two days, obviously, to go before that close is confirmed. But we are essentially above the previous candle close low, getting us a higher low here. The first, very first early signs of reversal. Again, money flow on both assets are still pointing down. Liberator and Wolfpack are in the same boat. So very early sign of potentially opening next week at again a higher high in the open and continuing to turn around. Again, that's just, you know, an overlooking idea right now. We need to go into our midterms, such as our daily up into our three, four day to get a bit of a better idea of what we're seeing. Okay, so when we come into these time frames, we can see that Bitcoin and Ethereum are also in these midterm time frames, starting to show signs of stopping and turning around. We have inching market liberator. We have money flow in the green as per ETH and working its way towards the green with BTC. We have quite a lot of bullish divergence here in this three-day time frame stacked up. We, as we can see, lower lows and higher lows on every single indicator that we have between Money Flow, Liberator, and Wolfpack. So again, a great setup potentially for a daily and three to four day trade. It was pointed out by Chris this morning that we have a TC Madness one day, four day setup at the moment. So, you know, these scalp longs may turn into swings faster than you realize. Large part of the reason why we took this dive as of today was because of how the S&P was reacting, where it wanted to be when the quarterly closed. Obviously, you want to try and take out as many people on the opposite side as possible. And with quarterly closes and monthly closes and weekly closes all happening at the same time, you always get an influx of volume going in both directions, but mostly to into the direction of where the most people are going to lose money. And in this case, I think a lot of people you know, we're betting that the stock market as of next month was going to go up as we are as well. But, you know, for right till the last second, they have to you know, continue holding that narrative that it's going down so that more people get into put positions, into short positions. And, you know, we're not thinking that it's going to go up. They're not buying the assets, yada, yada, yada. But again, S&P 
is doing a very similar thing in the shorter timeframes to what BTC is doing in the midterm, which is continually getting less and less sell volume as we take steps down. We are right at the bottom of the FIB lines and the market structure, We can, as we can see. So it would be perfectly reasonable to say that this is essentially an overextension so far of this push to the downside. The BBWP is pretty much reset and ready to go. So what we could potentially be looking for come next week would be a very nice bullish divergence, continuation of turning around from this point here on out. Either that or our FIB lines are going to restructure themselves into, a, again, a much more bearish posture. As we can see right now on our daily S&P, the, the posturing is only half bearish. We still have FIB lines extending into the upside, which if this was a full-on bearish type of environment, then everything would be extended below the market structure. And if we head out to our weekly, we can see of something saying the same thing. Essentially, we're on the last level of support here at about 36.30. If this was to restructure itself and all the fibs extend to the downside, then we probably have continuation to come. But this is the zone that everyone gets faked out. It always seems to come back to the market structure line for a retest before taking off. So it's, it's, it's about 50-50 right now of what we're expecting to see come next week into the beginning of October. I am still leaning towards the bullish case just because looking at the U.S. 10-year and the Dixie is telling me that there is continued rejection happening at this level. If we break back into our rising wedge as per the 10-year yield and if we fall back below our resistance level, of 110 to 114 on the Dixie, we're going to take a larger step to the downside. And that's obviously a very good thing for the assets, the S&P for everything across the board, other obviously than the US dollar and the bonds, which, you know, as far as things are looking, that's what the UK banks want. That's what the, uh, the reserve wants. You know, it's just we have to look at the overall outlook of everything. And say, you know, it's it's hard to be bearish when everyone is. You know, you have to be be bullish when others are not and be bearish when everyone is not. Taking a look at our midterm short term, we can see that we are obviously having a bit of a struggle here at this level. We got our we made our way all the way up to twenty thousand in the morning. We ended up pushing all the way back to about nineteen four hundred. And now we're kind of starting to pick up again. Again, like the biggest thing that I'm paying attention to in these midterm timeframes is money flow right now. The overall momentum of the market. You know, we're staying green here. We're, we're bouncing along the zero line. We're doing the same thing on ETH. We're bouncing along. So far, everything is okay. And more than likely is going to pop at some point very soon. If we get a pop, a rejection again, the more times that we reject, the more likely it is that the overall bullish move gets invalidated and we turn ourselves back down. For now, that's not the case. The daily is still TC'd up as per yesterday. We're totally maxed out. Our, we're right at the zero line of the BBWP. So at this point in time, a four-hour TC down would be me looking for an opportunity to add to my position, which is more than likely going to be right exactly where we entered in the first place, right around 19,000. If you got in a little bit better, like 18.5 or 18.8, 8, 
you know, kudos to you. That's an awesome starting position. Now that daily's turned up, I'm still waiting for the four day to triple confirm into the bullish posturing. But you could be potentially looking to add to your starting long at this point. Again, you know, using daily as the reference for the midterm, but using the four hour for the actual place that you're going to enter. You're looking for a higher low. You're looking for it to come down, TC back up, agreeing again with that daily TC in before the daily can invalidate and TC down. If the daily invalidates and TCs down, the trade is no longer valid because this is the highest time frame right now that we have that we use essentially with our triple confirmation. You know, there is divergences that backs us up here because it TC'd, it confirms these divergences and the overall momentum of that daily is coming up. So, you know, this is when people get shaken out, is when these shorter time frames continue to retest and retest and retest. You know, they get scared, they jump back in, in between both. They're, you know, they're not realizing that it's a ranging market at the moment, but we have to break this range at some point soon. It's not going to stay in this thing for more than probably another week or so. You know, I would say that would be the max amount of time if, if next week doesn't you know, start uh, blowing things up right away, then potentially it takes another week. The more boring it is, again, the more people tend to sit out. They don't trade or they make mistakes while they're trading because it's boring, because they're not realizing that it's in a tight little range. You know, you could be setting yourself up for this daily trade while still taking scalps in between the range. It's very clear here of what's going on. 19.5 to 18.8 or 18.5 is the range right now. If you want to scalp everything in between, that's awesome too. But I would definitely be setting yourself up for the potential daily um, because you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it when it breaks through and closes above 20 or 19.8 because it's going to be a quick little step to 21 or 22. And then from there, maybe we come back and retest 20 again, but you still didn't get that right near the bottom type of entry. So talking for a while, P.O., you want to jump in here? You want to tell us a little bit about uh, anything that's been going on that you've heard, my friend? Yeah, I think continuing on from um, Wednesday, I think, you know, the, the Bank of England are back printing. Um, Fed have been kind of poked this week, and they kind of just said, like, sticking to the, sticking to the plan, Batman. Um, but they would say that. Um, I think the Fed would be, I don't know what the probability say, but I think they'll go for the lower of their two targets. Um, in the next FOMC, and I believe it will be for two reasons. One, I think it's not in their interest to destroy other currencies either, because earnings season is coming, and you know what is it, forty or fifty percent of U.S. companies, multinationals, wherever, you know, revenue comes from Britain and the eurozone countries like that. So, um, and I think the next CPI so will be really interesting to look at. Um, you know, starting off this quarter, showing uh, month on month and the possible quarter on quarter kind of decrease in inflation, which is, I think, what's showing up in the European data um, at the moment because of energy. Um, I think that will allow them, allow them kind of like, yeah, slow interest rate rises. Whether that's a valid prediction or not is, or interpretation, I think is, I think we are in a big with in with a big chance here of the market being shown enough to see what it wants to see 
to Riley. Interesting. And I mean, yeah. we have all these all these companies like Bloomberg and uh, Bank of America and uh, J.P. Morgan all coming out and saying, you know, we're seeing all the signs of a market bottom. That doesn't mean it is the bottom, you know, yes. but absolutely like um, they wouldn't be saying that in the background if, you know, if things weren't on that path. You know, CNBC is saying that we're going into a complete huge recession. <laughs> it's the perfect buy signal. You know, absolutely, you shouldn't actually trade off of what these people say for sure. But know that you know, generally, overall, uh, those companies are usually right. It's just you know a matter of hmm, are we a month out? Are we two months out? Could we trade sideways and and down for the next you know six months and still turn around? bottom in this region you know quote unquote we could also you know dump for autumn and um yeah dump for christmas you know and yeah i'm just kind of thinking like i think the, the market it, i think in some areas given what's happening with pension funds this week i think it's the kind of like disbelief or jonas probably have the, the right word for this but I think some people see the kind of cracks in the ground, you know, they can see the sea level rising and they're like, this market is going to have deeper lows, but they don't want that to be the case because it's kind of like, it's very like 2007, man. And it took so, so long to play out. And there was a disbelief rally before it did properly. And I'm seeing that now with um, what happened in the UK with the UK pension funds essentially got caught out, right? They were leveraged trading part of the portfolios were issued. So I kind of carry trade stuff, but smarter people than I have distilled it for, you know, dumber people like me be like, look, they were simple, simply using leverage where they shouldn't be, <laughs> you know? And I think we can all relate to that. And the FT and the economists are covering this quite well. It's like, oh shit, man, are the pension funds at it? And it looks like they might be, have been doing very stupid things for the last couple of years because the top interest rates are going to be low forever. Um, the bonds are going to be riding high. So with the way it played out in 2007, like layman's fell, or there was rumblings, and then months later, like it all kind of came to a kind of a, a proper cliff. Um, I haven't watched Manorino in a while, but this is probably what he's saying, given that he's been shouting about this for such a long time. Essentially, that's that is what he's been saying. Yeah, they just reacted to the system using different words, you know, terms. Mm -hmm. But it looks like it was the pension funds this time, which is super interesting because that obviously has a massive, you know, correlation with the with property prices. It's such a big house of cards. I guess I might be being paranoid, but. If I see such a big house of cards, the biggest house of cards, you know, it is um, pensions and real estate. If I see a couple of cards falling out of that from the bottom, I kind of start to pay attention. No, absolutely. Right. One thing leads to another. It's just dominoes and everything. Especially if they're, yeah. Especially if they're, if they're being degens, man. <laughs> you know? So that's, that's amazing to me that they would even be, be allowed to. That's what's, yeah. Yeah. You know, it still probably gets, it'll probably, I'd say heads will roll, people might face charges because it's almost a disbelief phase from like the normal financial, kind of deep financial kind of commentary. They're mm -hmm. like, oh my God, these guys are degens, you know, they're like still processing 
that we learned this lesson already, guys. Like, how are you at it again? So yeah, I think I think like or, um, how you see things play out, you know, probability-wise in the short and medium term, spot on. You know, let JP Morgan write press releases and her retail into this. Nom nom nom. Right. Right, because well, that's it, right? Because if everyone and their dog is is oh, it's going down, where it's everything's terrible, and then they start fabricating this whole idea that well, no, it's it's fine, everything's fine. We really haven't seen any reaction to the you know how bad it really is, so now it's good, and everyone will jump on that train once you know, and it's too late by that time. They've built up the liquidity and the and the momentum that they need in order to shove us down for real. You know, this whole rundown that we've had over the last six months may be inadequate to what truly comes if this whole thing is is, is really as bad as, you know, some of the people, the economic, the economic people are, are actually thinking and seeing, right? Like, some of the numbers that dictate what the economies are doing are are at at like such critical significant levels like we've never seen them before you know and i just i don't know how we can truly work ourselves out of that you know except just dealing with it at some point it doesn't have to be now we can continue kicking the can down the road for as long as possible but at some point things have to break you know it's going to again as you said house of cards it doesn't matter if it starts over here or over there or whatever it's all it's all interlaced it all works together like a fabric and uh you know all the signs we're seeing is that the fabric is coming undone and you know even the challenge one's own thinking becomes schizophrenic in doing so and when i look at most charts not crypto necessarily because it's just so exaggerated I'd be really kind of thinking it'd be quite healthy if we at least went back and retested where things were before COVID, late 2019, you know, last two quarters. Like, it looks scary on the S&P, but I think it would be, you know, I don't know, in my head, I'm like, that would be healthy. Like, all this leverage got washed in because of a, a massive thing that happened. And if it got washed out in the long term, that's no bad thing. So at least retesting those and i think property markets look set to do that some people think it's the end of the world but i'm like bro went up 30 percent in two years you bought if it goes down 30 percent for the next two years and you get back you know in the black maybe in six or seven years like sweat it or be a you know a trader instead of an investor um and i think it'd be quite fair i think the people who might get scared out when it gets that lower the people who think it is all over you know, instead of thinking on these macros, notwithstanding accounting for like economic growth, because a lot still has happened in two years. Mm-hmm. Even if we wick down to those levels, like and just touch them technically, you know, like if you're if you bought Apple five years ago and you care about selling it in five years from now, you know, you might go, oh, yeah, I could have taken some profits and reinvested, but hey, it's where I wanted it to be at the start of my ten year horizon. So. Good buying opportunities. Hopefully, Bitcoin 4K, please. <laughs> oh, funny. Begging the gods. <laughs> Imagine as as the TC value when it turns around, bro. Oh, <laughs> Relative <yes>. strength. <laughs> yes, sir. 
TC will beat Bitcoin to 100k. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. All right, my friends. Uh, quick recap, just the prices and what we can kind of expect over the weekend. And then we'll uh, let you guys out of here. For what we're seeing in the shorter terms, hourly could be continuously pushing down for the next probably four to five hours. Or we may start seeing balance within the next two to three hours as well. I am kind of expecting us to still come back into the 19200, 19150 area to retest our market structure once again. If we can hold this level and we don't fully play out these shorter time frame divergences, we should be able to hold up in our midterm macro daily. So essentially coming down overnight tonight, giving us another higher low, holding the four hour market structure and hopefully extending those fibs higher to the upside so that over the weekend we can kind of pick up hopefully be closed above 20 by the weekly close that would be best case scenario for the bulls here and then continuing to see what happens next week more than likely you know monday could be kind of a crab shoot uh it could end up initially dumping and then finishing with a pump or it may just start pumping right off the bat i think that we have done enough dumping as for the close today for the quarterly and the monthly and stuff but the market structure as we know is closer to 35 30 so we've got 50 more dollars that we could drop before we truly are touching it again we don't need to do that because we already have touched it over the course of this week um, but we'll have to see how things go on monday if again if we start pumping over the weekend it's a much better early indicator that things in the S&P will actually be quite good on Monday. And of course, we want to see the Dixie and the US 10 continue to reject and fall from this level. 10-year especially would be you know, a much clearer indication of what's happening here if we can fall back below 3.6%. If we can get back into the rising wedge pattern, we have a much better chance of getting a lower high and breaking through to the downside. And uh, do pay attention, one more thing, to the total three. We have also been continuously finding higher lows since about the mid, about the halfway through point of September. Um, if we can get ourselves above 370 to $373 billion, um, the altcoins may end up taking a bit of a rally also before Bitcoin. It's very possible here that we continue to find support along this resistance if we can break through it. But we'll see how that goes. Again, I appreciate the heck of you guys for taking the time to listen today. Hopefully you have a great weekend. Take care. Bye-bye.